It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we have a show that's packed with information and stories and insight, and it's called It's Okay to Tell Your Client No. It's okay to tell your client no. Now, in this, before we even really dig into the topic, what I want to say is that there, there is a certain tendency as a human being for us to want to please someone in front of us. That is just a human being tendency. And now some of us tend to have a tendency where we want to overplease. So we will do whatever we can and we don't want to feel the pain that it might cause us or potentially the other person if we don't want to please them. Which means that if somebody says to me, could you help me with this? And I say, yes. And then they say, good, but could you help me with this? And I say, yes. And then they come with their third ask, could you help me with this? And it's even bigger. And I know that it is truly, I am sacrificing my own health, my time, my sanity, whatever that is, in order to be a yes, that I have crossed the line of my human tendency to want to please somebody into a people-pleasing scenario. And that means I'm just saying yes, because I don't want to make it uncomfortable for myself or for them to hear the no. Now that scenario, while that temporary pain seems like it would be a lot, it's actually, we get to look at the cost of really continuing to be a yes, because there's a significant cost to that. As we mentioned, it's costing health, sanity, it's costing rational thinking, it's costing a lot. And so what you get to identify before we even dig into how to tell somebody no is to understand where your level of people pleasing is. Again, as a human being, everyone has a people pleaser. So it does not mean that it is at an unhealthy level. If you are somebody who wants to see the best in people and wants to please people, that's okay. It becomes unhealthy when you're willing to sacrifice a significant amount of your health or your sanity to be a yes. Now, this is something that we could talk about from a personal perspective, a personal life perspective, or a business perspective. It's the same principle. In business, if you're somebody who takes on a lot of the work, if you're somebody when somebody hands you work and you say yes, or when a client comes to you and says, hey, I know I just asked you to do 10 different things yesterday and here's 10 more and could you make it all happen? Oh yeah, in the next 24 hours. And you know that your team doesn't have the time or the space to be able to allocate to that. If you say yes, because you don't want to interrupt the client and say no, then you're people pleasing that would be determined at an ineffective level and an unhealthy level. And what happens then is you burn your team out. And so this people-pleasing concept, it's really important to understand where you fall on the people-pleasing spectrum, where you fall on the people-pleasing spectrum. Because again, if you're at one end where it's a healthy relationship, where you can stand and say no, and you realize that it's a temporary discomfort, then it's okay. But if you're at the extreme where you're going to do everything you can just to be that yes for someone else, then that creates conflicts for yourself and for your team. So first, you've got to understand that piece. Where are you at? Do you have an internal desire to be that people pleaser? That's what's going to be really important. So now when we talk about it's okay to tell your client no, 
that may give you goosebumps. <laughs> because in, in reality is your client is paying you money. Now, you could replace the word with client here with boss. Is it okay to tell your boss no? Is it okay to tell your team no? Is it okay to tell your spouse no? Is it okay to tell your kids no? Ooh, that's a juicy one. As somebody with three children with very busy schedules, my kids want to be in everything. In fact, my eighth grader last year when we stepped back into school because they've been homeschooled for a year during COVID, he steps back into school and he's so he's so excited to have an activity. Not just not just like he's just so excited to have something to do that's outside of our house that he says yes. And then guess what? There's lots of activities presented in front of him and he says yes, yes, yes and yes and all of a sudden his schedule is jam-packed, which means my schedule is jam-packed. And then this year, he learned his lesson. And he says, I get to figure out where I get to put my yeses. So it was a great lesson, a painful lesson. But that lesson that he learned is the same lesson that we get to learn. Sometimes when we're saying no to something, it opens up the opportunity for it to be a yes somewhere else. So when you're a no to your client, it doesn't mean you're a no forever. And that's one of the first lessons to learn is really understanding, are you a no or a not yet? Or are you a yes? Being a maybe, let's just talk about maybe for a little bit. Being a maybe doesn't get you anywhere. The challenge with being a maybe is you're like a fence sitter. You're right in the middle. You could be a yes or you could be a no. You don't want to be a maybe. The thing about a maybe is I'm waiting for something or some reason or somebody to tell me something that's going to push me over to yes. If you're a maybe, you're really a no. Because when we're talking about being in relationship and, and, and it's okay to tell your client no, I mean, you've got to be in that relationship to understand with your client what's really going on and what's important. If you're a maybe, like maybe I can make that work, just say no or be in the yes category. But when you're making decisions and when you, when you get to look at lots of different factors, sitting in that maybe column, that's the fence sitter and it's not great. Like that's not a good place to be. I have some friends that are very, very good at sales and teaching sales methodology. And they'll say that being a maybe is the worst place you could have a prospect. If they're a maybe, drive them to no. Drive them to a no. The reason for that is when you are a no, you're giving the person in front of you, the other person that you're talking to, you're giving them an opportunity to then be a yes. They might, they might not want to be a no, so they can be a no or a yes. But you do not want to live in maybe land. Maybe land is not a great place to live. So when you're telling your client no, you don't want to live in maybe land. What we want to do is first, like, I'm going to give you a four-step process, okay? We're going to walk through this, and then this is going to be the context of what we talk about during the show. So I'm going to give you all four steps here, and then we'll dig into them, and we'll actually talk through them, and I'll share some examples of when these have worked or, or maybe times where people have struggled with these. So the first step when we're talking about telling your client no, it's really listening carefully and understanding what it is that they really want. Our clients can come to us with ideas or thoughts. <clears throat> Excuse me. They can come to us with thoughts or ideas, but what they really want are results. Okay, they want to produce a result. They might have thoughts or ideas. You may have thoughts or ideas, but together it's what you want to create. It's whatever the results are. And when you're clear about what it is that they want, but really why they want it, 
and what results they're looking to drive, then that's when you can decide, is this a yes or is this a no? So when you hear something from someone, your initial reaction may be jumping to a conclusion. So make sure that you're listening carefully and really understanding what the client wants. Step two, check that against your boundaries, your company boundaries, your department boundaries, your personal boundaries, whatever that is, check it against your boundaries. Step three, be direct with your no or your not yet. There is no beating around the bush. I was looking up some, just, just Googling, right? Some different ways that other methodology that other people use when they teach this concept. And one of them said, don't ever give a direct no. Excuse me. I think that that is some of the worst advice that I've ever heard. If you are a no, be direct with it. The worst thing that could happen is that somebody hears it as a yes or a maybe, or they don't even hear your no at all. And then it creates frustration and tension. So when you're in communication, you get to be direct with whatever your answer is. And if it's a no, be direct with the no. And then step four, and this closes the loop. It's to support them in getting the results that they want. So if it's a no with you, perhaps there's another opportunity that could be created where they could be a yes with somebody else. If it's a no with you, perhaps there's another opportunity that you can create where they can be a yes with somebody else. So there's a huge opportunity for you. <coughs> Excuse me, frog in my throat today. So it's really important that we're creating these opportunities with our clients to be direct. When we can be direct, they can hear what's actually going on. They can look at other opportunities. But the key is that they actually hear what you're saying. We are going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we have so much more on this. We'll hear you in just one second. You're listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Talk to you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Right before we went on break, we were talking about the four steps to telling your client no. So let's look at step one again. We're going to dig in and just cover more details on each of these steps. First one, listen carefully to understand what your client really wants. I can tell you when uh, I was in my very first 
client proposal. This was when I went on my own. I was starting my own agency and I met with my very first client prospect. So not a client at the time. And I was so excited to share the value of what we were up to. I was so excited for them to be a yes to our services. So this was me and, and I'm not, I'm flipping this around because the client, I wanted the client to be a yes to me, to our company, to our services. And so we were met with the client and the client was a little timid at first. And I dug in and asked these questions and, and I was saying, well, where do you want your company to be? And, and the, they answered a few of those questions, but then they said, well, tell me about your business. And I made a cardinal mistake of business development. And I didn't know that at the time, but what I did was I spent the next, oh, probably 30 minutes of our 45 minute meeting talking about the services that we could offer. And what was beautiful about this conversation, now I didn't feel good at the time, but when I left, the client prospect says, we are not a fit, we're a no. Whew, that stung. And what it did was it gave the opportunity for me to say, could you tell me more about that? And she said, we've just spent the last 30 minutes and I don't feel like you know who we are or what our challenges are. Now that was feedback that I have used as I developed that company and any other company that I've ever developed or built. But what I realized was I felt like I had something to prove and it got in the way of the client being a yes. But when the client listened carefully, they couldn't understand that I understood the request. And so they were a no. And so as I moved forward in my career in growing my, my first business and, and every subsequent business since then, I really made sure that I spent way more time asking questions than I did talking about who we are. Because when you ask questions, you're demonstrating to the other person that you understand them. And when you are going to give a no or even a yes, the biggest gift that you can give to the person in front of you is demonstrating that you truly understand them. So that's why lesson one is to listen carefully and, and be sure that you understand what the actual request is, because it can be really, really easy to think that what you're saying is what they want. And so you might say no to something that you actually could do. Now I'll give you an example. This one's not about business. We'll do a business one here in just a little bit, but I'm with my youngest son that I was, well, it was first week of school last week. And so this is the second day of school. First day of school went great. Second day of school, he comes to me and he says, mom, mom, right before school. And he's trying to get ready for school and mom, mom, come up here. I'm downstairs. He wants me to go upstairs. So I stop everything that I'm doing and I go upstairs. I say, what's going on? And he says, I don't have any socks. Now I am very confused in this moment because the couple weeks before that, we went through every single item in the house. I mean, every single piece of children's clothing in our house for my three children, including clothes, like shirts, pants, underwear, socks, to make sure that we had enough of everything. And if we had clothes that didn't fit, 
we got rid of them. And if we have clothes that did fit, we kept them. And if we have clothes that we need more of, we wouldn't purchase it. I thought, silly me, we were fine. But here's what I didn't take into consideration. I asked the question, do you have enough socks? And my son, he says, yes, of course, mom. I have two buckets full of socks. I have plenty of socks. But the challenge is the school came out with a uniform rule that said all socks have to be solid colored. Now, my son knew this uniform rule, but when I said, do you have enough socks? He looked at the amount of socks in his drawer and he said, yes. What I really wanted my son to do was look at the socks in the drawer, see how many were solid printed, knowing which ones he would wear and answer that question. But that is not the question that I asked him. I said, do you have enough socks? I didn't say, do you have enough printed solid colored socks that you can wear to school that are in your size that you will actually wear? Not that you can wear, but that you will actually wear. Are there enough of those? Because if I would have phrased it that way, he would have said no. And then I would have known I got to go purchase more socks instead of at the last minute. And we had a crazy morning finding a pair of socks that would work. But this process, we oftentimes don't necessarily hear what's actually being asked. And so then we give an answer to a question that's not actually the question that we really want to know. So when a client comes to you and asks you a question, think about, are you really actually answering their question? Because you get to be really clear what they're saying. Really clear what they're saying. Now, I had a client come to me, and this client said to me, Kathleen, can you come speak to our team? Because I work with a lot of executives and one of the, the biggest piece that we work on is growth for their business. And oftentimes it's the communication and how the team is working together and how to get the most out of the team. So I'll do a lot of facilitated exercises with the team to understand the team dynamics so that I can then coach the leaders in how to work with the team as a whole to get the best results. It's a lot of fun to, to complete and to really, to really do this. And so this client says, can you come do this? I said, sure, that'd be fun. What day are you thinking? And they tell me the date. I look at the calendar and I have four other things on the calendar for that date. And they're all things that I might be able to move one or two, but the chances of moving all four to be able to be free for this date are pretty unlikely. Now, it'd be very easy for me to say, no, I can't come. And the client may say, okay, well, we'll have to figure something else out because this is the date. This is the only date we can do it. Instead of me being creative and saying, okay, but how could we make this work? Maybe you could get a virtual recording of me. Maybe we could do it on the night before and we could have some kind of transition. Maybe I was going to be out of town for those four events. Perhaps your team wants to go on an offsite. And so you could be there where I'm at and we could fit it in this time frame. So when I truly understand what the client wants to accomplish the results they want to create, we can get really, really creative about how we can get there. And maybe I don't have to be a no. But when it goes down to checking it against my boundaries, okay, that's number two, checking it against your boundaries. You got to know where your boundaries and your team boundaries are. I see a lot of this in project management. In fact, right now, if you're looking for a project manager, that is one of the hardest positions to fill. Because a project manager doesn't necessarily 
there are project manager certifications and really great project managers. Yes, they're very hard to come by because that's somebody that's really talented in that area. But when you're talking about entry level to even like a mid-level project manager, they don't necessarily have that certification yet, but they've gained some skills on how to move projects along. Now, some companies want project managers that understand certain industries, and some don't really care. They just want you to be able to move projects along. But the project manager's role is to really understand the boundaries of the team. That might be how many hours do we have to work on, or these are the kinds of projects that we can work through. But the project manager is the protector of the team's time, especially in a professional services space where all you have is time. You're selling ideas, you're selling solutions. And so that project manager is gonna be a really critical role. And that is why oftentimes that role is hard to fill. And that role can get burned out very easily because you've got clients pushing on one side saying, I really need this. And you've got employees pushing on the other side saying, Ugh, you are totally burning us out. And so this person is stuck in the middle attempting to please both sides. And if they pull one way too much, so they please the client, the employees are mad, they please the employees, the client's mad. And so they're constantly in this juggle. And that gets to be a challenge. So one of the things that can be really supportive in checking it against your boundaries is once you're really clear on what your client wants and what your client needs. And sometimes there's a distinction. What does your client want? And what does your client need? And understanding the distinction between the two. Once you get that, then, then you check it against your boundaries. So a lot of project managers, what they understand is how many hours or what's the capacity of the team. Now, if it's a fixed space, what the, the role of the project manager is to constantly say priorities. Somebody that is working, that's an individual contributor at a company, they don't always... They're not privy to all of the priorities of multiple projects, but the project manager gets to understand where the priorities fall. And because of that, because they're understanding where those priorities fall, they get to share the order of priorities. Now that is being worked on with the client and you add multiple clients in there, that's a challenge. So you're constantly shifting priorities. You're constantly shifting schedules but it's all based on what I hear the client say and how could I be a yes? But if I'm not a yes, we move into step three, which is being direct with your no. Being direct with your no. Now, I know a lot of people that struggle with this. Again, people pleasing, like we talked about in the very beginning, if you're on the spectrum of unhealthy people pleasing, you do not want to be direct. You want to beat around the bush. You want to say, sure, I could, we can do that, um, but uh, yeah, well, it's going to be more like a week or two weeks. Is that going to work? And then your client says, no, I need this tomorrow. And if you are on that unhealthy level of people pleasing and you haven't been direct with them, the client still hears that it's going to be done. That it's going to be done. Another thing that can be hard with telling your client no can be with pricing as well. So what happens when a client comes back to you and wants to negotiate like you're a car dealer? Now, if you're a car dealer, cool. But you know what? My experience with car dealers is that they don't want to be in the haggling business anymore. So who really wants to be in the haggling business? Perhaps an auctioneer. I went to the fair 
two weeks ago. We have a big state fair. It's, it's huge. So once a year, I go to the state fair. I take my kids. We have a lot of fun. This year, it was raining quite a bit. And we walked into this animal barn, partly because it had a roof and it was dry. And it, it was a hog barn. And my children, one of them stuck his shirt over his mouth. He's like, it stings in here, mom. Can we leave? He was really grossed out. The other two were a little bit more adventurous. I said, well, we got to go look at these animals. And then there's the biggest hog. We had to go look at the biggest hog. It's, it was quite large. I can't remember how much it weighed, but it was huge. So we're going towards the biggest hog. And something catches my eye. Well, there were all these uh, wood chips on the ground, and they were dyed purple. Purple. I've never seen purple wood chips before. And I think, well, what is this? So I'm walking on this purple wood chips, and then I see all of these dyed green wood chips, like grass. And then that's a thing. It's, it's all over, purple and then green wood chips. And there's bleachers, and there's people in the bleachers. And then I see that it's an auction. And I'm very intrigued at this point. And I walk up. I said, what, what is this? What, what is going on? And they said, oh, these are our prized hogs. And they get sold. This is what going to market. They get sold because these are the sows, which means they can produce other pigs, little piglets. But they're, they're maybe a year old. And I don't know much about the hog industry. So if you do, I'd love to learn more about this. But the gist of what I got was that they were selling these hogs. And I found this fascinating because uh, not only was it, was it really stinky and a new experience, I had no idea what the market for hogs were. No idea. And it was, uh, it turns out that a lot of these hogs, these like really nice looking hogs, that the owner would walk them around in a circle and they would be like $950 for a hog, $1,000, $1,100. It's how much these hogs were going for. Well, I didn't know what the market was. And you could have told me when they sold it for 11, this is what they said, 11, that it was 11,000. I had no idea. And this guy next to me goes, it's 1,100. Okay, so, so I am super curious about this and I get to really listen carefully about what's actually going on here. And when we can be curious and really learn what's going on, then we can understand what our clients really want. In this case, so we walk into this barn. The reason we're at the fair, the whole, whole reason is just to have fun and be curious. Now, my, my, my middle son, who had his shirt up above him, he's like, stinky, he really wanted to go. But what I knew when I used this process, it's okay to tell your client no, we were learning, we were having such an experience. And I said, Noah, I love you and it's okay. Breathe through your shirt because we're having, we're gonna have a good time. Now, Noah, the result he wanted was to get out of there. What I found was a fan. There was a fan that was by the hogs. And we went and stood by the fan and it got some air circulation and it was enough that Noah could actually enjoy the hog barn. And the whole reason I tell you this, one, because it was a hog barn at a hog auction and I'd never been to one and it was super cool. And you never know what you're gonna find when you walk into a, a certain scenario, but you'll always have people around you that want something different than what you want, that, that a client that wants something different, that your kids that want something different, that maybe it's your spouse, partner, or uh, your employees, they want something different than you. And your job is to create the opportunity for you to both to be in the best possible scenario. So you get what you want, they get what they want. We call that a win-win. And so you're looking for that. So I told my son, no, we're not leaving the hog barn yet. We will at some point. So we were not yet because we were gonna leave, but 
we got to, I got to support him in getting what he wanted. What he wanted was to get rid of the smell. We're in a hog barn. It's stinky. But what I realized was, well, if we got by the fan, that would, that would alleviate some of the smell for him, which meant that he could exist in this environment until we left. And it created an opportunity for a not yet. Okay. So how to tell a client, no, same thing. I listened carefully and I understood that his challenge was the smell. It wasn't that he wasn't enjoying the hog barn. It was that he did not like the smell. And then we checked it against our boundaries. Well, he's physically safe in an environment, but the smell was creating some challenges. So what could we do? And then I was direct with him. We're not leaving yet, but we will find a solution. We found a fan and that was a solution. So I was direct with him. If I was on the unhealthy side of people pleasing and I saw that he was fine, but I really wanted to make sure that he was comfortable, I would have robbed the other two of an experience and myself to experience our first hog auction. And then I supported in getting the results that we both wanted. And that meant standing by the fan. So this process can work very well as we're thinking about how we can tell our clients no, but yet we can still be in relationship with them. Now, I'm going to give an example at work, but I'm going to go on break first and then we'll come back and I'll give that to you. So you're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We will be back here just after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReason.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about it's okay to tell your client no. Now, I'm thinking about a client that I have that asked about a scenario where he had a multi-million dollar client. And the client really wanted this, my, so this, my client's client, he really wanted my client to come out to uh, do some work that needed to be done, he and his team, to come out on a weekend. Now, the work that needed to be done, it could really only be done on a weekend, but the only weekend that the client, that he wanted him to come out was over a holiday, an extended three-day weekend, so Labor Day. And he said, can you and your team come out on Labor Day? And my client, he calls me up and he says, they're a really big client for us. They're one of our, our biggest, but he wants me to come out on week on Labor Day. And I just, I, he had plans himself, but he really struggled with that because his team, he did not want to ask them 
to work on a holiday. And he says, I'm really struggling here. And we use this process because really what he was up against were the boundaries. So it was number two, check it against your boundaries. And when we talked through this process, I said, well, listen carefully, what does the client actually want? I said, well, the client wants some recordings of some specific equipment, but the equipment we only have access to on the weekend. And based on the timing of this project, we've got to get it done here by mid-September. And so based on timing, they wanted to do over Labor Day. That would give them three days to create this opportunity. He says, I just, I don't think I can do it. I can't ask my team that. We said, okay, well, if you can't ask your team that, that's fine. That's against a boundary that you have, but you get to be direct with your client and telling them no. And how can you honor this request? What could be possible? So we started brainstorming and saying, well, you know, I guess I could work overnight. We could, we could take the team out there over multiple evenings, but they would have to be working as soon as the floor shut down so they could get access to the equipment. It might be more like midnight and we'd have until 6 a.m. the next day, which gives us six hours to shoot. It's really not that much time, but it's possible. And it would probably take us a whole week rather than a couple days on a weekend that we could make this work. So that didn't seem like a good option because it would take a longer period of time and then we ran up against time deadlines. So what else would work? And he starts really brainstorming. He worked with his team to figure out a solution and it turns out they could go out the weekend before Labor Day and they could get access to this equipment. And so it really, when he walked through this process of understanding really what the client wants to accomplish and then knowing what their boundaries are, it would have been really easy for him to just say, yes, we'll do it because the client asked. But it would have cost him big time because he would have been unhappy. His employees would have been unhappy because they were working on, on the weekend and these were salaried employees. So it wasn't like there was a significant overtime benefit for them or holiday pay. And, and could he make that adjustment? Sure. But their families were home and he really wanted to value that one of the, the core competencies of their company and one of their values is family. And so he wanted to make sure that he followed through with that and didn't sell out as soon as an opportunity came up to create some work opportunities. Now there is a give and take. Sometimes there are people, you have to work later at night because you get to support the client. It's when it becomes routine and it comes against your boundaries that it becomes a problem. So consistently. Once in a while, is it a big deal? No. But if it happens consistently, then you've totally changed the culture and the values of your company. So in this case, they worked out another agreement where they would actually be gone the weekend before. That still meant that they were gone over a weekend. It still meant that the employees were going to miss some of the time with their families. And my client was going to miss some time with his families, but with his family. But ultimately, what it opened up was the opportunity for him to have a one-time challenge versus over a holiday. So from a boundaries perspective, he was able to work it out with his employees so that they could take some other time off and going into a long weekend, they could have a longer weekend and it created a win-win. And that's our goal. Again, as leaders, our goal is to create the opportunity where everybody can get what they want without sacrificing what their boundaries are. So if you're a no, that opens up an opportunity for somebody else to be a yes. Does that mean that you may lose some business? Yeah, it does. Now, when somebody hears your no, and this is a point that I get to be really clear about, are they going to want to hear your no? 
most of the time, no, they don't want to hear your no. And I want to be clear about what it's like to, to be the no, to be direct. It, it's not always easy. I think that sometimes we can sugarcoat this like, oh, it's okay. If you stand up and say no, it's, it's going to be really easy and it's going to feel really good. And, and the reality is it doesn't in the moment. It's actually one of the hardest things. I had an opportunity this past weekend where I really got to stand for someone. Uh, this was in my family, but I've done it many, many times at work. So it's the same principles. And I knew that when I stood for this person, that it the, the price I was paying was that this person was probably going to be very mad at me for a long time. But it was worth it to me. One, because I, I loved this person. I cared for this person. And my belief was that the path that they were on was not healthy for them. And so I got to be the, the one that said no. This no, no longer are we going to continue down this path. We're going to change the course. And so when you're saying no to somebody, you risk them being angry or frustrated. You risk them saying, well, if you're not going to do this, then I'm going to pull all of my business. And here's what I have to say about that. Yes, that is possible. And I ask you, do you want to work with people that are willing to pull their business because they don't like what you have to say? Because there are plenty of people out there that desire a respectful relationship with their partners. And if this is the case where you risk you saying no means they're going to pull their business, you are in a vendor relationship, a commodity relationship. You are not in partnership with your client because partnership means a mutual respect. Partnership means sometimes you're going to be a yes and sometimes you're going to be a no. And here's what happens and what I know about partnership. It's that when I say no, it's coming from a place of love. It's saying, hey, I understand what you're up to. And I also understand where my boundaries are and how I can support you. And I want to make sure we both get where we want to go. But I'm not going to do it at my own personal sacrifice or that of my team. And if you can respect and honor that, I am a no. If not, okay, we'll figure out what that means. People want to work for the person that's willing to do that. People do not want to work for somebody that's wishy-washy. People do not want to work for somebody that is a yes all the time at their own sacrifice. And so people burn out and leave. They do not want to work in a commodity-driven business. Now, sure, are there some businesses that are come like, like, let's just take McDonald's, for example. Okay, so you show up at McDonald's and you're going to flip the burger, and that's just fine. I'm not saying that's a bad job or anything. It's, it's a great job. But you let's just say you're going to flip the burger, but you know you show up at 8 o'clock and you leave at 4 o'clock. If your boss says to you, now all of a sudden you got to stay till 6 o'clock, and you had to pick up your kids or you had other commitments, you have a boundary issue there. How long are they going to stay if that routinely becomes an issue? Not long. What's well, the same thing in professional services or other business environments? I had a job right out of college. Or no, it was like while I was in college. I got home, it was maybe my sophomore year of college. I got home. I was uh, working two jobs. I was actually working at a bank. And then uh, in the evenings, I worked a job at the local grocery store, just making sure that all the cash was accounted for. So at the bank, I was working with 
large amounts of cash and making sure that that got where it needed to be to customers, was a teller at a bank. But at the grocery store, it was all behind the scenes, making sure that there was enough cash to operate the facility, making sure that all the cash was accountable, that it got to the, the uh, safe. So making sure that all the cash flowed throughout the store and that we could tell where everything was at any moment's notice. And I went to go check my schedule the first week home. And the bank had scheduled me for 40 hours, which is no big deal. That was my primary job at the time. The grocery store had scheduled me. I said I could work 10 hours in the evenings, which is just a couple nights. It was a big schedule, but that was fine. I was okay with that. It was going to be for a month and no big deal. I got to check my schedule at the grocery store, and they had scheduled me for 60 hours. On top of the 40 hours, I was always working, already working at the bank. I had just come off of finals. I was exhausted, and they had scheduled me for 60. So I was scheduled for 100 hours. It was a lot. I was, I was a no to that. And I went to my boss at the grocery store, and I said, I don't understand. I told you 10 hours. If it would have been 15 or 20 hours, maybe I could have been a yes to this, but there's, there's just no way I can do 60 hours. These are in the evenings. So I was working 10. I would, I would get off from the bank. I would start at the bank at 6 in the morning. So you have somebody that really opens the bank. I would work from 6 until about 3. And then I would go to the grocery store, if I had followed the schedule, from 4 until midnight. And do that. That whole schedule. Keep going. Seven days a week. No way. No way. But what I, what I learned was I went to this grocery store manager and I said, I, I can't do this. It's not physically possible for me to be able to do this and maintain my sanity and my health. It was against my boundaries. And he said, well, you either do this or you leave. And I said, well, then I guess I'll leave. And I was prepared to quit. And I actually, I did quit. And I got a call from the manager's manager who said, no, 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 we'll adjust the schedule. Don't worry about it. Don't quit. What do you want to work? And I told him what I was willing to work in the original 10 hours. Well, you know what happened the first night that I was scheduled and I didn't show up? So the time that I went the first night, I went, I was supposed to work. Well, then the first time that I was scheduled originally, but this, this other guy, second guy that had called me said, no worries. Don't worry about it. You don't need to show up. Well, he didn't communicate to the person that was in charge of the schedule. And I got a call saying that I was late. And they were irate. Why would you not show up? We don't have anybody here. I ended up quitting that job. I don't even think I made it in that first week. Because of the runaround and the lack of communication and the lack of respect for my boundaries. And clearly, the lack of respect for their own boundaries. And I wish that I could say that this was an unusual situation, but I see this happen a lot where we aren't in communication or we really understand what each person wants and we create a situation that works for both parties, where we're not direct with people, where we don't support them in getting the results that they want. And then what happens, our employees leave and we wonder why we're having a hard time staffing. Sure, there are lots of other factors, but the reality is that we get to be in relationship with our clients and with our employees, and we get to understand where we can be a no and where we can be a not yet and where we can be a yes. But it really starts with understanding what they really want. 
in that situation where I was scheduled for 100 hours, really understanding that, that that's not physically possible or healthy to carry on that kind of schedule. So understanding the big picture. So think about that right now. If you think about the conversations that you're in with your clients, how deep are you digging to understand what it is that they really want? You are selling out on your clients or your employees or your partners, your spouse, your kids, if you stop at surface level. If you hear what they say and you take that for face value. Oftentimes when people speak, we speak with words, but there's so much else that we're sharing. Our tone, the pauses, what we don't say, all that stuff is really important. And so all of that makes up our language. And we've got to dig in and be curious and ask questions to really understand what it is that somebody wants. Because you may be a no to something based on what they say, but when you actually understand what they want, you could be a yes to something else. So how deep are you digging? Are you going deep with your clients to really understand what it is that they want and then check it against what they need? Because oftentimes there's a difference between want and need. Want versus need. We get to give them what they want while also giving them what they need. All right, we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will wrap all of this up. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we've been talking all about it's okay to tell your client no. One last story that I'm going to share with you. When I was young, many, many years ago, when I, uh, when I did first started my own business, so I was 26 at the time, uh, really just figuring everything out, the learning curve, looking back now, I can see how huge it's been. And at the time, I was, well, I was six months pregnant when I started my first business, so I quickly had a baby, and then two, and then three, and lots of stuff going on in our lives. And what I was really had a challenge with were evening work events, so happy hours. And that, that was just the thing that people did. They went to evening happy hours. And that was not the life that I wanted to live. And emails on weekends was not, I didn't want to be on email all weekend because it meant I was working all weekend and I valued that time to be with my kids. That was, and, and my, my spouse, and just to give myself a break. And what I realized was, I was breaking my own boundary. I knew that I didn't want it, but I was saying yes to clients and I would respond all weekend long. So even though I told my clients that, no, I, I spend my weekends with my family, when they would ask questions on the weekends, I would respond. And it really bothered me for a long time until I had a business coach that said, stop responding. You're clear with your clients that you're not gonna work on the weekends, but the second that you respond to them, you're engaging and violating your own boundary. 
I said, well, but that's crazy because then they respond. I said, well, let's just look at another opportunity. What, what story could be happening here? And what I realized was happening was that my client could be in a very similar position to me where it's not that they want to work on the weekends, but they want to get a thought out. They want to get an idea out. They want to have that communication. And maybe they're sending it on Friday night because they want to make sure that it gets done, but they don't really want to address it until Monday. And then I respond to it, even though I don't really want to, I want to address it on Monday, but I respond to it on Saturday morning because I see it and think, oh, I better respond to it because it's right here. And then Saturday afternoon, they check their email, they see a response, and now they think they have to respond. And so they do. And then Saturday night, I see an email and I respond. And then Sunday morning, the client responds. And Sunday afternoon, I respond. And Sunday evening, the client responds. And now all of a sudden, we have both spent a significant amount of time in our weekend responding to each other, playing this game that neither of us wanted to play. And in reality, the challenge at hand, it was neither urgent nor required us to work on it during that time. And we both were willing to violate our boundaries for that. How often does that happen? And so what I find in all of this, and it's okay to tell your clients no, is knowing what your boundaries are and then being direct in communicating with them. So a habit I got into was saying from the beginning, I, one, I didn't go to those happy hours anymore because I wasn't happy going to a happy hour after work. I found other ways to network. And the other thing that one of my coaches told me was that if those are the kinds of clients that you want to attract that go to these happy hours at night, awesome, go to them. But if that's not the kind of client that you want, go find the other people that want to do business during a different time. They're out there, go find them. And what I found was that there were so many people that preferred the lunch hour or coffee or any other time to have these conversations. And there's tons of people that are in the same situation as me that don't wanna work on the weekends, that wanna have that time as family time. Or when they go on vacation, they actually want to be on vacation and they'll respect that time. And so I realized that when I was violating my boundaries, I was really violating the respect that I had set for my client. I was disrespecting myself. And that isn't something that we wanna do. And so when we're thinking about telling our clients no, make sure that you understand what it is that they want. Make sure that you check that against your boundaries and hold your own boundaries. Don't, viola- don't be the one that violates your own boundaries. And then, we get to be direct with our no. Be very direct, don't beat around the bush, and then support in getting the results that your client wants. It may not be through you, but there may be somebody else you could introduce them to. There may be some other way to get what they want. But be that person that's willing to figure out the solution. If it's not you, perhaps it's somebody else. Support your client because that's what your client's going to remember how you supported them in getting what they want. Whether you were a yes to what they asked for or not, that becomes irrelevant. It's that they get what they want. Because when they don't get what they want, then they get unhappy and then they're gonna switch. Don't be a commodity, be a partnership. Now, next week, we are talking about client celebrations. So drive more business by celebrating your successes. Something that I see over and over and over again is that we reach these significant milestones. But by the time we reach the milestone, we've already extended the end game. So it's like running a race, a marathon. You get to mile 26 and you're so excited. You only have two tenths of a mile left. And all of a sudden, somebody picks up the end of the race, you know where the flags are, the big, the big race, the sign that you run under. 
somebody picks it up and moves it 10 miles down the road. So you, you run your 0.2 miles, but by the time you get there, there's nobody there to celebrate because they're already 10 miles down. So you say, okay, I'll do it. You run nine and a half more miles. You can see the end. You can see the flags again, but it happens again. Somebody picks up the sign and puts it 20 miles down the road. You are exhausted at this point. And do you have it in you to run another 20 miles? See, we do this to ourselves all the time. We keep moving the end game and so that we never really get to celebrate our milestones. And next week, we're going to talk all about why that's so important, especially with your clients. We don't want to make them guess at the successes that have been created while in relationship with them. We want to actually highlight it. When we celebrate it, that we can be in partnership with that result. And when we create results, that's when we create more results because where we put our focus on is what grows. So make sure that we are celebrating client successes. That is all of next week's shows to talk about ways that we can do that, the importance of it, how to communicate it, all the juicy stuff about driving results through client celebrations. Why do we talk about all this stuff? Because it is so important to how we grow our businesses. There's an emotional intelligence underlying everything that we do. If we have a higher level of emotional intelligence, we can work tightly with other people and be in relationship with other people. And quite frankly, that's a lot more fun. <laughs> just that's just more fun. That's what we want. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to. I don't want to live in a way where it's just not fun. That sounds boring. And so we are responsible for creating the joy and the excitement. And that is what we're talking about next week. So it's okay to tell your client, no, that's where we've spent today. Remember the four steps. Remember to listen carefully and understand what it is your client really wants. Check that against your boundaries. Be direct. Be direct with your no. Do not beat around the bush. Maybe it's a not yet, but tell your client what it is and then support them in getting what it is that they want. Final step, so very important. Create the win-win. And that being said, if I can ever support you, let me know. If you have ideas for shows or you just want to reach out about something that you heard that you want to dig into a little bit more, reach out to me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Very easy to get a hold of. And I come here every single Monday to share thoughts to my friends who are executives working on creating solutions to the world to make this a better place. If you have any questions, reach out. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Again, join us next week for client celebrations. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.